You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out Built for the Stage, go to builtforthestage.com and we can work one-on-one together on an online fitness app where you will try a seven-day VIP Broadway client training program. Uh, In those seven days, we'll chat about your goals and you can see what you think about it. Follow us on the gram at Built for the Stage. Thanks to Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. Okay, get that out of the way. Let's get to our special guest today. Special guest as always, um, joining us from the cast of Chicago, where she plays uh, Mona. And not only does she play the character of Mona, but she has her own dog daughter, also named Mona. Please welcome to Built for the Stage podcast, Ariane Cadell. Hi, Ariane. Hi, how are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for being on the, the episode. I'm excited to get to know you a bit more. Um, it's Monday, but you're just sharing that Chicago, y'all have shows on Monday. Tell us a little bit about how, if that's different for you or you know, people in your theater circle that are normally off, what would you prefer? Do you like your Wednesday day off? Tell us about it. You know, I think um, it's hard to say. I joined the cast in October of 2019. So um, it was, I guess it's just normal at this point to a degree, right? I was only in the cast for five months before we shut down. Um, And you just get used to it. But we had a really... I feel like easy start back in terms of the fact that we had a limited schedule from the beginning. So having that Monday off and then Tuesday and Wednesday as well, we were like, ooh, baby, all this time. This is so fantastic. And after a five-show weekend, the Monday is nice, Mm. but you almost feel as though you've got a little bit of time because you're not going in until the evening. Um, So you know, it's kind of, yeah, yes. It's, it's in between. You get used to it. Yeah. 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 Where are you originally from? I'm originally from upstate New York. So a little city called Elmira. Okay. Um, and growing up, you always were dancing, performing, or like, how did you fall into this? 
Yes. Um, so, so I've always been a very theatrically inclined person. I will say that. Um, I've always had a flair for the theater or dramatics. <laughs> Dare I say, my parents would probably say that. <laughs> um, and just before or just around my eighth birthday, I walked into my parents' room and I said, oh, check this out. And I did a split in the middle of their floor. And my mom said, well, do you want to dance? You, you sing all the time. You're constantly around and about the house. And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? No big deal. They threw me on a soccer field. I was back there picking daisies saying there's dirt out here. Disinterested. So um, she took me to um, a local like YMCA or something, right? Like just some little place. And I was assessed. My feet were pointed. My legs were stretched. And she said, do you want to do ballet? Sure. I'll try this. Absolutely loved it. Just completely fell in love. The, the discipline, the, the focus, how the perfection I'm like completely obsessed with all of it. So it it just worked out. Mm. Nice. Okay. So you, your mom is an awesome mom and is like, Hey, you should do this and you do it. And then what you go through high school, you go to school for dance. Tell us about like your journey to becoming a professional. Yeah. So, um, my freshman year of college, I went to point park university at the time, the program was just a little more jazz oriented than it was ballet focused. So I ended up transferring to Mercyhurst University. And that's where um, I finished my degree with, I might be the first and last person who did a musical theater concentration. And I say that loosely because it really my focus has always been ballet. Mm. And um, I joined my first company right out of college. I went into Ethnic Dance Company in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's where my career really um, began. I've done, you know, I had done a couple of things here and there, sort of like um, a couple cabarets performed all the time. But this was my first major, like, this is it. I'm a professional dancer. This is what pays my bills. This is, you know, the gig yeah. Monday through Saturday, right? Because the ballet company schedule is hard, right? <laughs> very hard, similar to a Broadway schedule, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're in Atlanta. How, how long are you with the company there? I spent um, two years with that company, then started doing some freelance work. Um, I was doing some guest artist work with Atlanta Ballet, working with a couple of um, artist collaboratives. Atlanta really took shape, I feel like, um, when I was there and really started to become a little bit more of in like an artist's hub, I would say. You know, you, you have the Fox Theater there, so it was always kind of a pass-through. But now also that there's, you know, film and television being recorded more frequently there and everything else, that's really when it was starting to take a little bit more shape in terms of, oh, let's check out what Atlanta's doing with their art um, and theater. And I just so happened to audition for the gospel version of Jesus Christ Superstar um, while I was there was the only dancer local hire. Everyone was um, else was from New York, Philadelphia. 
And Joey McNeely saw me in the show and said, um, hey, you want to audition for the international tour of West Side Story? Sure. I, again, me, sometimes I feel as though the the theater world store, I kind of stumbled into all of this because I was so primarily focused on ballet. Everything else has just kind of been a gift along the way. So I flew up to New York. Um, I go and audition for the show, fell in the audition, right? Fe- like literally like out on the ground was doing the, <laughs> like some jump in America while I was learning it. Joey picks me up off the floor. <laughs> that was like, thank you very much. And I'm thinking, oh, well, you blew that. So, you know, heading back to Atlanta to do whatever comes next. And sure enough, they said, costume fitting down the hallway, we'll send you the information. And I was off. Wow. I love, yeah, I love this. It's so true what you said from the interviews I've done. There's, oh, I was going to school for business and all of a sudden this opportunity came up or, oh, I, yeah, it's just on and on. Um, the people that are running through my head right now. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny how this, this happens. Would you say the ballet world or the musical theater world is more competitive? What, what would you say? is? That is such a good question. <laughs> um, I would have to say that the ballet world is more competitive, even though um, companies primarily, right, you primarily see women, particularly in the ensemble, because you have, I mean, ballets like Swan Lake, where you have these huge um, corps of ballets. It, um, it, it's, because the funding isn't there, right? Like the money just isn't there. We don't put quite as much money or attention into these ballet programs from collegiate, you know, from the collegiate level to the company level. And you're seeing these smaller companies making a way to a degree, but the focus is on your primary, you know, like ABT, New York City Ballet, Pacific Northwest. Like those are the ones that you're still seeing more of the funding going to because they're more well-known instead of some of those smaller companies that have unbelievably, incredibly talented dancers, but don't necessarily pull the same attention. Got it. Okay. So it's more of a less opportunity type of deal, which then makes it all the more competitive. Yes, I would say so. All right. So going back, you, you book West Side Story after falling on the floor and (laughs) you're touring the country. Are you at that point loving life and never looking back to ballet again? Or what was your journey like throughout that show? Well, the cool thing, well, touring the world. So that's what the cool thing was, is I was under the impression that it was, um, because at the time I believe there was also a specifically like a UK tour going on. So I'm thinking, I've never been to the UK. This is great. Like, oh my gosh, how exciting. And then I get the contract and I'm reading through and it says rehearsals start in Germany. And I said, well, that's not the UK. So um, I get on the phone with my dad and I said, "Um, daddy, I 
am actually going to nine countries over the next year. Like that's what's about to happen. He said, okay, well, where are we going to come see you? I was like, I don't know, Spain. Like that's I will I'll be there around my birthday, so maybe that's good. And and again, right, <laughs> stumbling through this gift, um, I got to see so many incredible things. And I was thinking, I love ballet; it is my foundation. Um, and when I left the business for a while, I ended up getting really badly injured. Um, on the tour, I completely blew out my SI joint um, on the right side. That yes, for those who don't know, that little joint that connects your sacrum to your hip and makes your legs function um, or helps with function, mine was demolished, and I developed a bone spur, and it was just like bad, bad, bad. Um, and I was thinking, well, now you're not going to have any of it because I went to a doctor, and he said no, we're going to have to fuse your hip to your sacrum. You're not dancing again. You're done. And it re, it redirected me, I would say. It was a very illuminating injury because it forced me to look at emotionally how burnt out I was from dance, mentally how burnt out I was from dance. And, and it was, you know, kind of without sounding too esoteric, like the physical manifestation showed up finally. Mm. And it was, again, because I, you know, dance is that gift that I love so much, but also that time away from it. I was um, retired, semi-retired, right? After that injury for about seven years out of the business, just teaching. And that became my point of healing and reconnecting with dance in a completely different way and on a totally different level. So even thinking about being in the company, how, or with, you know, Westside, how much I loved theater and how much I love dance. And I, you know, did um just a brief stint with, there was like a couple of month tour of guys and dolls. And still that wasn't it it took me back into that place, but it wasn't going to be the thing that really helped me rekindle my passion. Mm-hmm. Teaching is what actually helped me rekindle my passion. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And this is so after your injury, teach this brought on teaching, or you had taught before and it really just emphasized your love for it? Or was this the first time you started teaching after the injury? So I've, um, I started teaching when I was maybe like 14 or so in my studio, I wanted to take so many classes. So (laughs) I was like, what can I do to help kind of like pay for these to be a part of this? Right. So I started teaching when I was 14, but it wasn't, um, you know, you, you kind of don't ever really take anything that seriously when you're a teen in terms of those things you're teaching pre-ballet. You might teach a, like a little kid ballet class. You go, Oh, this is cute. And then with um, my first company, I was teaching, again, some of the younger, um, the school students, and then was doing a couple of different things here and there. I can't can't remember who it was. Someone told me at one point in time, they're like, really? When you look at it as a dancer, you probably make more money teaching over the long run of your career than you do actually dancing. So um, it was always just a side hustle. Yeah. Like I, I love doing it. So it was something that, um, you know, also offset some of the cost of the bills and everything else. And then it was put in front of me because it was something that I was going to be able to do that would at least keep me connected to dance, but also gave me enough space to be able to start to go, okay, what's my new relationship with this? What does this look like to me? How does this feel to me if it is not solely the thing that is going to provide for me? Can I find that space again where the eight-year-old who did a split, who was like, okay, yeah, then stepped up to a ballet bar and was like, oh my God, give me more. Where is she in all of this? Because you do, you end up getting weighed down by some of the some of the the not so lovely moments behind, you know, this business where you learn um where you learn that there are all kinds of reasons for casting. There are all kinds of reasons for why things happen the way that they do. And no matter how mature we are, how evolved we are, you still take it personally, right? All those rejections we take personally. So moving from that space of being on the stage to a space of working with others and saying, I believe you can be here too. This is what I'm going to provide to help guide you in that direction. And then the rest is up to you because you have to want it if if this is the direction you're going to go. And so frequently I found myself thinking, oh man, that's, that's what happened, right? You were given the information and you just so happened to love it enough to do something with that information. And that became the place of reconciliation for me, I would say, with all of it. Okay. So how through your process of your, your doctor saying you're never going to dance again or don't dance again, and you start your teaching, when do you say to the doctor or yourself, no, like this isn't the end for me? How did that transition happen? 
That's a that's a very interesting transition. So um, I it w- it it all kind of kicked off with also my spiritual journey. I, um, started, I went to a Reiki practitioner and that led me down the road of becoming a Reiki practitioner. Um, and it, um, and it introduced me to my spiritual teacher who I also call my spiritual mother, um, because I just love her so much who I've learned, um, body symbology and the chakra system and a little more of a holistic way of being in the world. And it, for me, that ended up being the right journey. It took longer, I guess, if you want to put it in terms of time, but it was the right time because I feel like probably like most people, I auditioned for Chicago so many times, right? Over such a long period of time, like you just keep going back. And that's what they tell you too, right? They're like, don't get discouraged. Someone might leave. Not that you ever want somebody to be without a job, but you're like, okay, well, thanks for having me. See you again next year. Um, But that was the time. It was, again, it was the time that I needed. And I tell people all the time, I did not get cast in this show because my technique was any different because I was a better dad, like none of that stuff. I truly feel like my, my confidence was back. My passion was back. Like the thing that makes me, me came into the room with me that day, finally. Mm. And it had been a long time since I was, I was connected in that way, but it was a full journey of finding different places and spaces of saying, well, you know, my body doesn't feel super great here. What's the emotional component of this? What What's the mental component? Like, where is my mind right now that is also indicating this other thing? Yeah. And um, it it worked itself out because yay, you know, I got cast in the tour, um, in 2018. Yes. In 2018, again, time is like a social construct. Um, and then, and then they called me into the Broadway show. Uh, we closed in Japan in August of 2019. And then they, um, and then I, you know, got a phone call. Yeah. Okay, so since getting that phone call, amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Uh, super inspiring, especially for people who have been swinging and swinging and swinging and feel like they're coming up empty-handed or or those that also have gone through injury. So I'm really grateful for this episode. Um, <laughs> since joining Chicago, we kind of, I kind of joked about it with the Wednesday day off instead of Monday and Chicago has been around a long time, long time on Broadway. And they are known for bringing in these uh, celebrities to play principal characters. Have you had any uh, fun experiences with any certain ones where you're like, oh, that this one, this person was a blast, you know, something like that from one of the guests that have come your way? You know, it's interesting. I think everyone brings their own um, 
their own fun. You know what I mean? I I I couldn't say that I specifically um had one person who really stuck out in my mind um as like the as the most like oh yes, this is the this is the person who I want to chat with. I will say I as probably, I don't know if it sounds like that I'm not really like communicating with my cast, but I feel like I don't always end up really interacting a lot with the Roxies that come in. There's just, you know, just like with every show, there are some characters you just don't see and you have to like really make an effort. So, you know, you'll stop by the dressing room on the way up the stairs and just say, hey, have a great show. And then you really don't see them again for like the rest of the show. You're like, dang, right. where have you been? Like, we're yeah. here, but where have you been? Yeah. So um, there's not one in particular, but what I love more than anything else in the in the experiences that I've had thus far, um, everyone who comes in seems to have this first of all, respect for the work. And I think it becomes more clear once they've done part of the rehearsal process and then they get there and they go, oh, you do this eight times a week for like an indiscriminate amount of time. You do this eight. And then you go, yeah, this is, this is the gig. Like this is it. Yeah. So um, it's been very sweet because we currently have Pamela Anderson in the show and there, there is this just brief moment and she did mention at one point in time while we were um, on the stage, just at the top of the second act, she's like, oh, every night. And we're like, yeah, every night. And, you know, and it is, it's, it, it clicks in. And the fact that people then develop a deeper understanding, but also a deeper respect for it, I just absolutely love that. I think it's such a beautiful way to... Um, honor the work that we're doing and then also give respect to the people who are doing it. Yeah. 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 Totally. hundred percent. Well, I'm glad you've had a, that experience where they come in and take it seriously and, and respect the work. So amazing. All right. In our after hours part of our episode today, um, who is Ariane off the stage away from the ballet bar? So you have, you have your new dog that you got, what in 2020 or when did you get Mona? I got her in actually about a, well, we were able to bring her home in January of 2020, but okay. she was born in November of 2019. My, um, one of my dearest friends sent me a photo of this litter of puppies that her dog Sophie had. And she said, for some reason, <laughs> this puppy just reminds me of you. We call her Ari. My friends and family call me Ari. Um, and she was just kind of this, she was sort of like away from the other puppies and would sort of have these moments where she's like disinterested. I don't want to be with the other puppies. How dare you? And she's like, I feel as though there's a little bit of you in this puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and of course I fell in love. So I sent the picture to my boyfriend and he said, look at how cute this puppy is. This is just an adorable puppy. But, you know, my world was in a tailspin. I was trying to find an apartment, trying to start a Broadway show, like just doing all the things. And then around Christmas time, he's like, 
surprise, we have a puppy. And I was like, oh, of course. Nice. <laughs> Which um, turned out to be one of my biggest blessings, be- especially during um, the pandemic, because she was my best friend, like with her every single day, all day, which is why, you know, she's never too far. And when I leave for work, she looks at me like, um, excuse me, that job again, seriously. Yeah. I'm like, well, something has to pay for your food. Right. Um, and you're like, and you're grooming and your full life and all the toys that I buy her, it's actually really bad. <laughs> it is. I, I spoil her rotten, but, um, it was, it was so sweet because we were trying to figure out a name and everything else. And another one of my friends said, well, she's your Chicago baby. Why don't you just name her Mona? And it just worked out because there is something about the name Mona that sort of makes you go, you might play well with others and you might not. (laughs) And that is totally who my girl is. And I'm fully obsessed with it because now we have another puppy, another Havanese, um, Maltese Havanese mix. And her name is Frida. Frida is full of joy and happiness and wonder. And Mona's like, ew. (laughs) You can keep this happiness to yourself. I will be happy when I choose and not because you want me to. So I'm like, cool, girl. That's great. Like, live your life. Do you think Mona's also thinking, okay, when is this visitor leaving? Like, when's this dog going wherever it came from? When is it going away? Fully. Fully. She's like the, this, you know, this is my mom. I have no intention of sharing her. I don't want to share any of the attention. Um, and you know, Mona and I are together, um, all the time. So she's with me and then Frida is with my boyfriend. So, you know, the times that we're together, it's, you know, the family's together, but Mona is just so not here for it. Absolutely not. Even, you know, even in the night, she'll just be like, this little like growly like raptor noise i'm like what even is that are you a dog what's happening yeah so then you know that frida's too close and then you hear Frida's little bell go in the opposite direction of wherever mona is so it's good yeah okay last question we're in may of 2022 uh we have about six seven months left of the year what's one thing you're looking forward to that doesn't have to do with with theater or performing a trip or a family thing or a friend thing or a what um, any a project I'm taking my first vacation in June I'm going to St. Croix to see my friend who um who who gave me Mona and I'm I'm really looking forward to it I'm looking forward to a proper vacation I haven't taken one in a really long time, like Good a really, really long time. So that is my, that is, I just keep like hashing off the days. I'm like, you're so close. <laughs> it's yeah, it's important to have something to look forward to for sure. Um, so I'm glad you're taking that vacation. That's awesome. Thank okay, you. Ariane, that's, uh, that's our episode for today. I really appreciate you spending the time with us. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you asked. This is wonderful. And your platform is amazing. I love seeing all the videos. I love seeing all the pictures. I really need a pair of those um, Black Star leggings. They're, I'm obsessed. Uh, we'll, we'll get your shipping info and they'll be in the mail. We'll, oh, we'll, you are the best. We'll, we'll send them out this week. So 
uh, everyone, Ariane Cadell from Chicago the Musical. You can check out her Instagram handle uh, on the caption of this episode and more information about her. So make sure you follow along with Ari's journey. Thank you again. Thank All right, you. Ev- All right, everyone. This is Joe Roscoe from Built for the Stage. Actors are athletes, so train like one. Later. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.